Brewery Society Beers, episode number eight of... Brutal Battle. Yes, what noise do we hear? It's Rebecca's voice. Oh yeah, I'm not normally on these. Right, although you were, you did jump in for the last two of the last one because you were very interested in those and you happened to just be around and like, yeah, I'll jump on for this. So Rebecca's starting this episode for the first time ever. Uh, Part of the reason is the COVID-19 thing's going on. We're not going to talk about it. That's as much as we're going to say. That's going on. So Rebecca's around. around. (laughs) Rebecca's been furloughed. So Rebecca. So Rebecca's around. So there's no reason for her not to get involved. So she's going to be involved, at least for now. So we're going to start this one out. And usually, you know, I talk about a little bit something having to do with the brewery society. So with any of the society, and it kind of depends on what your level is, but um, they always will have like archive sales for beers where they'll, they'll have some sort of, sometimes it's like an anniversary that they're celebrating, and sometimes it's just random. We're opening the cellar, the archive, and you can buy older beers. So um, I know definitely with Reserve Society, which is what I'm in, you get that opportunity at least a few times a year to buy those older bottles of beers. Uh, Hoarder Society, I'm sure they get that at, at least at, at the same frequency as Reserve Society. And Preservation Society, I know they also get that sometimes, but what they have to pick from is more limited. And I assume that the hoarders have even more of a selection than what Reserve Society has. So it's just one of those things. So that's kind of all I wanted to say is, you know, for these societies, they sell older beers, vintage beers. Obviously, there's a higher price tag on those, but it's usually not insane how much more it is of a markup. So you can get, you know... I don't know, just to throw it out there, like like a four or five-year-old bottle of Black Tuesday or something if you want to. You don't have to buy it yourself and sit on it for that long. So it's kind of nice for that reason. If you're kind of not good at sitting on beers, which, you know, I'm fine at that, but yeah. <laughs> sometimes very unintentionally. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. To your detriment sometimes. So to highlight the archive situation, I have a beer that is very old from the brewery that I pulled out of the cellar. Um, it's one of, I think it's my favorite sour beer that they do. Now I will say I didn't buy this as an archive beer from them. I didn't even buy it directly from them. I found it already year, already aged for like a year, year and a half or something at a liquor store that just had it sitting on the shelf. I'm like, why is this still sitting here? I'm buying this. A sour stout aged in oak barrels and it is, mm, what's the ABV on this? Only 7% alcohol, which is unbelievably low for a brewery beer, pretty much. Uh, And it is the 2013 vintage. Wow. So this is probably not quite seven years old, but at least six and a half at this point. Potentially almost seven years old. Hmm. So this is an old bottle. And like I said, um, I love Tarted Darkness, and they have some variants of it, and we'll probably do some of the variants at some point during these So this types. is just straight up Tarted Darkness. Straight up Tarted Darkness. Yeah. But we also have in our fridge currently, like, cacao nib and raspberry version, and then a cherry and vanilla version. We had a Tarted Darkness this year at Christmas, didn't we? And that was, was that Rum Barrel? Uh, yes. Yeah, we tried the Rum Barrel version, which was fun. And this is just because recently I was saying I haven't had a lot mm-hmm. of dark sours recently. Yeah, that's why I decided to pull this out and be like, you got to be on this because she literally said on a recent episode, we, ha- you know, we haven't had a whole lot of dark sours, but here's a prime example of a very good dark sour. Carlin's like, I'll show you a dark sour. 
this actually might be the very first dark sour beer I've I ever had in my life. So, yeah. So anyway, does it look dark? It does. I mean, it looks like a stout. Yeah. It doesn't look imperial by any no. means because you like swirl it up and stout porter. Yeah. Um, it has bubbles when you swirl it up, but they're gigantic. They're like very, it's a very large mm. bubbled head. It smells tart, <laughs> obviously. Does it smell dark tart? What do you, well, what do you get? I'm getting plum. I'm getting dark oh. cherry. Oh, see, I definitely keyed in on like a cherry note, but mm-hmm. the plum is an interesting pull. I agree with it, oh, but okay. I just, I did not think of that. I was mainly thinking cherry as soon as I smelled it. Yeah, it definitely is very cherry forward. And when I keep smelling it, there's like a little, there's a little like dark roasty malt you can get in the nose and it comes off maybe a tad bit dark chocolatey, but it's yeah. very faint. Which is funny because when I, the very first thing I thought when I put my nose in my glass was dark chocolate cherry. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I also smell some wood. That is exactly what I was going to say. And then yes. I said, thought to myself, I smell wood. I know it's not barrel yeah. aged. But no, it is. Oak. Oh, it is. Oak. Oh. I mean, it's not spirit barrel, but oak barrels. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I missed that, I guess, when you were talking. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you're um, getting the oak. But I'm definitely getting the oak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Sourness kind of punches you around the back sides of your tongue. It's like the tartness. It's not like... Right. Well, I mean, I'd say it's sour, but it's like low sour. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can it just like tingles the back sides of your tongue. Mm. I feel like I taste the plum. I taste the cherry to it. Got to fight through the sour to get to other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you taste, I get a lot, it finishes with a really strong oak. Yeah. Yeah, that oak is very, very, very... Pronounced. I wish the fruit flavors were a little dialed up, because mm-hmm. um, that oak is um, a little overbearing. Okay. That may have to do with the age of it, mm-hmm. that the oak's kind of become way more prominent as it's gotten older. Um, the other thing is, I think the sourness has simplified more as it's gotten older, mm-hmm. and when you're tasting the sourness, it's coming off as very lemon. Like I said, I get some of the cherry, I get some of the plum. But it's yeah. very dialed back, and it's very lemon on the sour. So it's almost mainly two-note. It's like the lemony sour and that yeah. like strong woody oak. It's not as complex as... A fresh one. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't age great, but it still tastes good. Yeah. I'm going to drink this whole 750 milliliter bottle. Well, hopefully you'll drink I was going to say, wait, where am I going to no, no, go? No. I don't want to drink a 750 of something with this level of sourness because that's a whole lot of phlegm production. I know. My phlegm is already, <laughs> my phlegmer is already going. And that's more than one antacid. That's another. Yeah. Because <laughs> sours I get I feel like we should age. take this opportunity um, to give a little shout out to a, a, our littlest listener who listens mm. when her parents listen. So we wanted to say hello to uh, Olivia. Olivia Norman, daughter to Kyle and Kelly Norman. And she said she always hears Kelly, 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 Kyle, 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 but never gets to hear her name. Because this podcast is a family affair for them, so that's awesome. So, yeah, actually, I don't know when I'm releasing this, so we may have already said her name on an earlier episode, but from the sounds of it, 
We can't say it enough. Yeah. So, Olivia Norman, this one's for you. All right, so moving on to the second beer. And just so people know, you're not going to hear me opening this beer on the podcast because it is uh, waxed, so I don't me- like to mess with those on podcast anymore because it can take forever. And this one, I'm glad it w- I didn't do that because it was a bit of a struggle. There's like at least three layers of wax on this, maybe four. Maybe four. <laughs> it is very, very thick. Um, it's in a 375 milliliter bottle, and this is a prime example of every now and then, us reserve society folks get some trickle down from the hoarders society. You lowly folks. And you gotta jump on it. Because when you get to taste, when you get a little taste at the teat of the hoarder okay. society. You need it. <laughs> you gotta you gotta get that taste. So this is um I don't know if they're still doing it, but I know at least they used to. Every year they'd release a hoarders cuvee. Uh, and they do two versions, one that's just the barrel-aged version and one that's like the Brewery Teru Sour or some component of Sour version. So this is the Brewery Teru Hoarders Cuvee, and this is the 2018 edition. So there are a few years on this bottle currently. Now, this one is the, a uh, blended sour stout aged in oak barrels with cacao nibs, vanilla, and blueberries. And it is 7.9% alcohol, which is a very low ABV yeah, for nice. the brewery. So I'm excited about that. And like I said, 375 milliliter bottle. So very easy to take down on your own, especially with the ABV. I love the size of these bottles. I know. Three, if you're going to do bottles, 375 milliliters is the way to go these days if you're not doing 12 ounce. And I would just say, really, you should just be doing 16 ounce cans, though. That's my opinion. But whatever, you know, they're doing cans, they're doing these smaller bottles. I don't want to buy 720s anymore. A lot of people don't. That's just the way it is. Okay, what does it look like? Dark. Yeah, but I can see kind around of looks the like edges. A quarter. Yeah, because it's not crazy dark. Um, there is a little bit of a head on top and the kind of medium-sized bubbles to it, so. Mm, that smells nice. Whoa. Okay. It smells so thing about the brewery beer is they're usually so complex. Yeah. Well, especially the Hoarder Society beers, in my opinion. The ones that I've had get crazy complex because they usually put in a lot of interesting ingredients and they're always blended very well together. Now, the first thing that hit me that's interesting slash weird in this is it it seems like there's a minerality in the nose that jumps out at me initially. I think that's probably coming from the sourness. Yeah. It definitely it's definitely sour. I'm definitely getting the blueberries. Yeah, but they're they're soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to really uh search for it, but it's definitely there in the nose. Actually, as I keep sniffing it, like it just it does smell very soft. Yeah, it does. Like initially, I got mainly that sourness and a minerality to it and then once my nose got used to it i got the blueberry i am getting the vanilla i don't know so much about the chocolate the cacao i'm not getting that i'm getting some sort of like maple syrup maple syrup or caramel okay like something yeah molasses something in that kind of vein i would assume that's probably just from the base of the stout yeah um but yes i agree with that yeah, molasses probably more like it, in my opinion. Definitely. But it's mixing 
well with the vanilla. Yeah. It smells really interesting and good and easy. It tastes way more subdued than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. Agreed. It's super light. Like, you smell it, and you look at the color, and then you taste it, and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Um, Body-wise, it seems very thin for being stout. Now, granted, it's a sour stout, but and it's 7.9%, but the body seems even less than you would assume. And this is, read it to me again, a sour stout with blueberries. Sour stout aged in oak barrels with cacao nibs, vanilla, and blueberries. Okay. Now, it's been in the bottle for about two years, so at least one and a half. Yeah, I'm not getting any of the cacao. Yeah, I don't really get the cacao. I taste the blueberry. There's like a definite fruitiness, but I feel like the blueberry's falling in with the yeah. sour. Right. So it's a little hard to differentiate what's what there. And then I am getting the vanilla, but I'm not getting it as much as I wanted. Mm, I just got another little pour. And in the sniff, in the sniffer, <laughs> in I'm sniffer. definitely, I definitely am perceiving the vanilla more. You sniff that aroma? I did. Oh, you hoover that aroma? That aroma sniff? There's, okay, so there's like... Another one of the weird smells in there, it now smells to me kind of like tobacco-y and really? a little, and a little ashy. Hmm, not like getting tobacco that. Tobacco and ash coming out of there. Not like high level. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's good. It's drinkable. I was kind of hoping for more. What I was hoping for, I'm not really sure. Right. So for what the ingredients reads, it's way... Subdued. It's like crazy subdued in comparison to to what you would think you're going to get based off the description. Right. Um, but maybe part of that is the time in the bottle. I don't know. Who knows? I will say for me, I like the level of sour because it's not it's too low. much. It's low. Yeah, it is low. Um, so for me, I like that. Oh, and I wanted to give a quick update on, um, since we're recording this in pieces... When we finished the old Tarted Darkness, uh, towards the end as it really warmed up, I was getting some roasting, more roastiness from the malts of the, the base sour stout. And I got a ashy finish to it, but it was a really nice ashy finish that helped kind of balance the, the sourness a lot. So, just an update on that. Okay, well this is... I'm a little disappointed in this, because I was hoping for more robust flavors. Yeah. It's still good. It's very easy and drinkable. It's just not what I was hoping for. Sure. But, okay, let's see what we get with beer number three. And since we just did the 2018 Hoarders Cuvée for the brewery Teru side, I figured I happen to have the regular brewery side Hoarders Cuvée from 2018, so why don't we just do that? Okay. Follow it up. So, so people can get a good idea of in this year, for both sides of that of the brewery, for the hoarders, what did they get? What, what were these special cuvées? Um, I just felt like it made sense. So anyway, the brewery side uh, cuvée is higher in alcohol. It is 16.6%, so it's up there. It is also in a 375 milliliter bottle, thankfully, with the wax and everything. 
It is a blended ale and imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with graham cracker crumbs, ginger snap cookies, maple syrup, cacao, cinnamon, ginger, and natural flavors added. Don't know what those natural flavors added would be. I'm assuming it's to bolster some of the other flavors. So, I will say as I'm pouring this, it looks lighter and thinner than I thought it would be for 16.6%, but... Man. We'll see. It... We'll see. Looks interesting. I mean, looks like a brown ale. Yeah, it totally does. Like, I can, I can kind of, I can see through the, not through, like, the, the very middle of it, but through pretty far in on the edges, I can see through it. A little bit of bubbles hanging out on the sides, but it's, like, on the bigger side. Um, yeah. Smells like... Oh, my gosh. Gin- it smells Jesus. straight up like gingerbread. You probably hate this. <laughs> it's It's very... That's a that's a smell overload for me personally because it is, smells like a lot of spices. It is like clove, it is Jesus. ginger, it is cinnamon. It's like someone took a spice rack and just emptied everything in the spice rack mm-hmm. into one pile. <laughs> like that's what it cinnamon, smells like. Cinnamon me. and ginger are in here, right? Yes, yes. Uh cacao, cinnamon, ginger, ginger snap cookies, yeah. maple syrup. Graham cracker crumbs. It definitely smells like ginger snap cookie. Yeah, well, because there's a really strong molasses to it, in my opinion, that's going along with the ginger, the cinnamon. So, yeah, and that's how ginger snap cookies usually really are. It's got like a, Mm. got that molasses going on. But a strong, um, I feel like I don't really smell much barrel character except for like alcohol-wise. Like I'm not really smelling bourbon-y. Um, but maybe it's getting lost in that molasses, but I am, I am smelling, um, a little wood, actually a little wood character from the barrel Mm -hmm. on the end of each sniff. I already took a sip. Smells robust. I already took a sip. I think it is so good. It is so desserty though. Whoa. It is like gingerbread, ginger snap, cookie, Mm -hmm. cake, um, Sticky, gooey. So, so let okay. So let let me throw this out there. For me, and I actually kind of like this, even though the spice level okay, is relatively high. I was gonna say, high. I'm like, I think Carlin's gonna hate this. No, I actually kind of like it, even though the spice level is high, because it feels like they're integrated well. You know. Yeah. And to me, it kind of tastes like a fusion of that ginger snap cookie with a coffee cake. Okay. That's what it tastes like to me. It's good. And I think the integration of the barrel works, too, to kind of help mellow out. The spices, I think, are more prevalent on the nose than they are on the taste. Mm-hmm. They're definitely there on the Thankfully. taste. Thankfully. Um, well, and here's the thing. As I kind of get used to the, the spices, as I take more sips, they start to... My perception of them comes down a little bit more, and I'm tasting more of the barrel character. That bourbon's yeah. actually starting to grow at the oh, end, yeah. getting a little caramel from that. It's almost tasting a little almondy in the finish for me, too, which is kind of interesting. And I'm getting more of the wood. Like I was saying, I was smelling mm-hmm. some of the barrel wood. Um, yeah. This warms you. Mm. Yeah, this is definitely like a... Would hit a lot of people as like a seasonal, like winter beer. Yeah. Not just because of the ABV, but the flavors. Um, 
yeah, I just remind, it would remind people of, you know, making holiday cookies during the winter. Yeah. So. It's tasty. Mmm. Yeah, this is, um. So you like it. I do like it. I can't do a ton of it, though, because those spices are significant enough that I'll get palate fatigue from that. I will definitely get palate fatigue from that. But it's a 375 milliliter bottle, and I'm splitting it with you, yeah. so, so you'll be good. that's not a big deal. Now, ABV-wise with this, 16.6% doesn't really taste like that. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. It does taste high, but... It definitely, I'm, yeah. But maybe 12 max, in my opinion. I was going to say 10. Sure, 10. Between 10 and 12. But the body is a lot thinner mm-hmm. than I thought it would be. But I kind of like that. It's not too thin. It's not thin. It's not wrong. <laughs> right. But it doesn't come off as syrupy. No. And at 16.6%, you would assume it's going to be kind of, it, at least kind of syrupy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really come off that way. And I think a lot of that has to do with the um, the development of the flavors. Yeah. It kind of messes with your palate perception of, of the syrupiness of it. Hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I'm surprised I kind of like it because I think it it helps that it mellows out at the end. It mellows out a lot. Like it's a lot of the spices up front and then it just slowly kind of like mellows out. And at the end, like I said, it's more barrel. It's more of that kind of caramel. Actually now vanilla is really coming out and the wood and that takes over and kind of cleanses your palate of the spices. Very, very good. Yeah, this is a nice one. I'm glad we decided to do both of those Hoarders mm-hmm. beers. So uh, this takes me back to something I've said. Damn these Hoarders Society people <laughs> uh, because I can't get the beers. Let me in. I'm knocking at the door. <laughs> no, um, I'm very happy with the Reserve Society. We get a lot of amazing stuff that a lot of people can't get a hold of. So we're fortunate for that. But anyway, let's go to the final beer of the episode. And this one is taking us back to Brewery Teru, since we, um, actually this will be the third Brewery yeah. Teru of the episode, but um, it's it's a large format bottle, it's a 750 milliliter, and I had to open it off podcast because it is corked, not corked and caged, it was corked, With and then wax. and then had wax on top. Although the top, the wax wasn't like around the whole lip of the bottle or anything. It was just like a little bit of wax sitting on top of the cork. Yeah. So I was just able to like flick it off oh, basically. It was okay. kind of like, I don't know why it was on there to be honest. Cause like the cork was doing all the work, but I guess maybe because some, the cork can breathe a little bit cause it is porous. So maybe that was the thought behind it. I don't know. But anyway, this is, this is one of the things I've talked about before on the podcast, doing these brewery society beers episodes uh, they've been experimenting a lot at the brewery with like wine beer hybrids. And this is another one of these wine beer hybrids. This is, um, I believe, uh, the Gozes are red is, is the one that I had had on here before. And that one was really good with like the Syrah grapes, Goza with Syrah. So this is, is their Bourgogne Noir. This is their, the 2017. So it's at about three years in the bottle at this point. It's an ale with Pinot Noir grape must aged in French oak punchins. And the ABV on this is 14.1%. Okay, so it is like a wine. <laughs> uh, it's on the higher end. So, like, the higher end of wines are Zinfandels at 14%, typically. It, as you're pouring it, it looks like a wine. It totally looks like it. Well, when I pulled the uh, cork out, like, it looks... 
first of all, it, it looked cool because, you know, it's got Brewery Teru on it and said, um, it said Brewery Teru, uh, and then it said, oh, sorry, I'm giving you a wrong, yeah, <laughs> wrong one. Glass. It said Brewery Teru on it, and then around the bottom it said the society's the the brewery societies, which was kind of cool. And then, you know how when you uncork a red wine, it'll have just, like, how, like, dark red the bottom of that cork is that's been in the bottle having contact with the wine? It looked just like that. So, this looks just like yeah, wine, it does it not? Like, yeah. 100%. Like, I can see through it. I mean, if you, if you poured this for me and we're like, this is a Pinot Noir, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, it looks like Pinot Noir. There's, there's no carbonation. Pinot Noir grape musk. There's like no carbonation mm-hmm. too, which I'm fine with. I'm good with that. And um, it smells like wine. Yeah. Oh man, it smells very tannic. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's because of having so much contact with the Pinot Noir grape must. That's where all the tannins come from. I is... mean, it's like really, really jammy. Ooh, yeah, it is. It does. It's honestly, it just smells like a really fruity, jammy, flavorful, um, red, light red wine. Mm-hmm. Does it smell like tart to you? It doesn't really smell tart to me. I mean, the only tartness to it is like a fruit tartness for yeah. me. Like a little bit of like a cherry note, a little bit of raspberry right. mixed in there. Yeah. A little strawberry too. Um, yeah, it's just like berry melange. In a sense, that's what it smells like. Hmm. That's really what it tastes like. No, yeah. Tastes like a nice Pinot Noir. It does, but there is a little tartness to it that I feel like when I sip it, I'm tasting... It's weird because I feel like when I'm sipping it, I'm tasting a Pinot Noir with all its tannic, fruity, jammy goodness encapsulated in this very light, um, tart yep. coating. And it almost makes me feel like it's a wine version of a toned down warhead. Okay. Well, the viscosity, like the body is definitely not wine-esque. It has more of a, it's a real full body that I, you can't, I've never had in a wine, this type of body. Um, to me, the body's confusing because up front, it feels very tannic and very thick and, and like a normal viscosity for a lighter red wine. And then as it keeps going, the finish is more like thin and watery. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's. It's weird because the, the mouthfeel transitions from more serious to less serious. It's kind of a little bit mind-bending in a sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really confusing. But the other thing is, it you know, you think it's a, a red wine, but red wine typically isn't chilled like this. You know, so yeah. that's the other thing that's kind of like, oh, this is right. weird. Uh, that's a good point. What would this taste like 100% room temperature? That's a good point, and we'll be able to taste that. I mean, that won't be on podcast because it's our last beer of the episode, but um, it's interesting. I already, and honestly, like I have some of the must in the bottom of oh, my yeah, glass, I do too. so it's not just like sitting. Well, I was going to say it's not just sitting on the bottom. This bottle was laying down, so that's probably why we ended up getting it. But 
if you just gave this to me and was like, here's a red wine, I don't think I would question that. No, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be able to be like, oh, this is a beer wine hybrid. I would be like, this is a tasty red wine with a weird mouthfeel. Yeah. It, it is. It is It is a little more tart than a lot of red wine, though. Accurate, yeah. That's the other It's got that weird, little acidic just snap. A, just a little. Which, honestly, almost makes it like somebody took a nice, jammy, fruity, flavorful Pinot Noir and then put... It was 75% that and, like, 25%, like, an easy Sauvignon Blanc to give it that crisp, dry mm-hmm. snap. That's, That's what good. it kind of seems like to me. Is that someone was doing some funny red and white wine blending. <laughs> I mean, that's what it seems like. It's good, though. Mm-hmm. I enjoy I it. I think it's really good. Yeah, you as a wine fan. I mean, I like red wine, so I really yeah. like this. So here's another question. You knew what this was coming to this episode. What, what were you expecting from it? I was not going to like it. Exactly, right? I was like, I'm not going to like this. But this is the thing. These beer wine hybrids... They're not really tasting like beer. Yeah. I just also, the last beer wine hybrid I drank got me in trouble. But it was very so, tasty, am I right? it was very tasty. But also think back to the other beer wine hybrids you've had from the brewery. Which the, were very good. The Gozes are Red. You really enjoyed that one. Even more so the Yount that we had had. Yeah. That just tasted like a beautiful Zinfandel. Uh, we do have a red wine barrel aged version of Black Tuesday in the basement somewhere. That we can try at some point. So that is also on the table. We could do that for one of these episodes. Mm. So, okay. But now what we do is we're going to rank these and then I'll let anyone know if any of these four beers broke the top five for the running list I'm keeping for these brewery society beers episodes. And regardless, I'll get, I'll tell you what the top five are still, but, um, I have to, I have to look at my list to see if any of them are going to break. Refresh my memory. What was in the Tart of Darkness? It's just Tart of Darkness. It's just a sour stout and oak. Okay. Remember? Remember? You remember now? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you right now, none of these are going to break my top five running. So I'll tell you what the top five are after this. So my number... This is tough. Um, I'm going to go my number four, unfortunately, is the 2013 Tart of Darkness. It is quite good. Like I said, it, as we continued to drink it, it developed a little bit more. It had a nice, more serious, like, ashiness with a dark chocolate on the finish. It is good, um, but that's my number four. My number three is going to be the, uh, brewery Teru, um, Hoarder's Cuvée, that was the blended sour stout aged in oak barrels with cacao nibs, vanilla, and blueberries. That one's good, but the flavor was very understated, as mm-hmm. we kind of talked about. It was just kind of more easy. Nothing wrong with it. It was tasty enough. Uh, my number two is going to be this Bourgogne Noir 2017, the ale with Pinot Noir, grape must, aged in French oak punchins. Uh, it's not discernible, like we talked about, as a beer it's not even necessarily fully discernible as a wine but it's more wine way more wine than beer it's done well it's tasty especially if you like red wines you're gonna dig on that and my number one obviously is the the brewery's hoarder's cuvee from 2018 this was the blended ale with imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with graham cracker crumbs ginger snap cookies maple syrup cacao cinnamon 
ginger, and natural flavors added. And that's surprising to me. That's very surprising. <laughs> I cannot believe that. I know, right? Because with all those spices, that's but the crazy. thing is, it was so well crafted. And even though I'm not huge on the spices, I drank my half of that bottle. You sure did. And it, I enjoyed it. I did. So um, My ranking's the exact same, actually. Hmm. Very cool. I, I, yeah, I'm not that surprised. When I mean, I, I could have switched the the bottom two, the Tartar Darkness and the Hoarders Cuvée. Um, but my number one was solid. That was so good. Yeah, I know you were you were hoping I wasn't. Digging I know. It. <laughs> I was like, oh, Carlin's not going to like this. It's too spicy. I can drink more of it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want my half. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just like, no, no, no. I think I'm going to want my half of this Bourgogne Noir. Yeah. So That's good. All right, so let me go over real quick what the top five beers are at the moment. Number five is the Atta Boysenberry, which is the bourbon barrel-aged wheat wine with boysenberries and vanilla. Number four is the S'more Bubbles, which is a sour stout and imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with marshmallow, cacao, graham cracker, and vanilla. Number three, straight up so happens it's Tuesday, just a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout. Number two, Wee Heavy Coconuts, which is the bourbon barrel-aged scotch Wee Heavy with toasted coconut, (laughs) walnuts, and cinnamon. And number one, the Island Thyme, sweet stout with Hawaiian sea salt and lactose with marshmallow, toasted coconut, and natural vanilla flavor. Uh, If people just wanted like a little peek, uh, number six is the Icky Thump. The Imperial Stout with Coffee. Number seven is the Gebirtstag Krantz. The Bourbon Barrelage Imperial Stout with Vanilla, Cacao Nibs, and Tart Cherries. Um, number eight, You Asked For It, was the Bourbon Barrelage Imperial Stout with Vanilla. Number nine is this Hoarder's Cuvee. Oh, wow. Our number one for this episode. That's my number nine. And rounding out to number 10, So Happens It's Tuesday Mole, Mole. which is the bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with vanilla, cacao, cinnamon, cayenne peppers, and lactose. Hmm. So just to give expand on it, because I know I usually just give the top five, but just a refresher, the top 10, there you go. And cool episode, because we had one that popped in the top 10. Very Very nice. But um, yeah, so uh, I have an idea of where I'm going with the next one of these. I'm going to keep trying to introduce new concepts to have a little bit of something to talk about as far as the society goes. But at some point, that's going to run out. So just know after that, I'm just going to be presenting these beers, going through them, and enjoying tasting them. Because they're, for the most part, all really good. So, your thoughts? It was good. That's all you got? It was good? Yeah, it was interesting. (laughs) Well, you know, it's always interesting because... You know, the brewery always puts out, like, such complex, interesting beers. It's true. And it's always always fun to have a beer that you think you're not going to like and then you do like. Yeah, perfect. Um, so that's always always fun. Or vice versa. You know, you think that, oh, this sounds really good. And then it just, yeah, flavors just don't work as well as you'd like or so. What? The musk? Yeah, the musk and the sediment in that. I just hit the bottom of my glass from this Bourgogne Noir, and that sediment is very peppery for some reason. It's just, like, very earthy and peppery in it. It's too much there. Um, A little rough, but I'm going to enjoy drinking this. 
Thanks everyone for checking this one out. Um, who knows where we're going next? We'll figure it out. But if you have ideas on stuff you want to hear, specific formats of episodes or specific beers, whatever, let us know. BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. But thank you so much, and until next time. Keep it brutal. I feel so-